ultraspire.nz. 2023, it is tearing around at a fierce rate. Spring is nearly here. Uh, we're looking down the barrel at some racing in the next few months for the bigger races or missions where you want that vest that will pack all you need but be light, retain a minimal footprint. You can't go past the 12-litre Big Bronco built in collaboration with the legend Jeff Browning, DCI alumni, Bronco Billy. What a, what a, what a ledge. Um, he knows what he's talking about. Head to www.ultraspire.nz for more details on this and many other amazing vests and packs. And also what you want to do is get amongst the VIP goodness at wildthings.club. Uh, Aotearoa trial running institution. So many good deals on offer if you're a VIP member, not only at the shop, but also races. You know, you get uh, ability to go into um, competitions to win free entries and stuff. Uh, see some winners this week for a few good old races. Um, but there's so many so many good things about being a Wild Things VIP member. Check a lot, check out wildthings.club and uh, sign up using the DCR discount code. Big races. On the topic of big races, Blue Lake 100 coming up for me and using the currents to help with my recovery. But I know a couple of other people who are going to be racing very soon at UTMB with Croft and Jones on the currents. Love it. It's batch tested, heat treated, peer reviewed, natural anti-inflammatory goodness from the South Island. God knows what they're doing down there, but I mean, head to currents.co.nz, uh, see what they're up to. Use the code DIRTCHURCH at checkout. They've come through with the code for 20% off your first order. It's great stuff. Get after it, currents.co.nz. And speaking of the South Island, further faster, the best independently owned outdoors gear store in the known universe. I've been, I've been salivating, I've been looking on their website, looking at planning for adventures that are coming up over the summer months from paddling to camping to outdoor cooking to montane gear they just got it all go to furtherfaster.co.nz or visit them at 57a Buchan street sydenham otutahi christchurch do it we got something like further faster there in christchurch rocky is hairy and so is badger jules is nice and jack is delicious go to further faster now oh, Episode 249, the Dirt Church Radio Trail and Ultra Running Podcast. I'm Matt Raymond. And I am Eugene Bingham. No my hoki mai. Tēnā koutou. Um... Hey, also, and sorry, just I realised should have intervened in the old Further Faster ad read there, Matt. The other reason to join up is Jules's dad joke game on the, sorry, join up to the newsletter. Newsletter. Yeah. Her dad joke game is getting pretty good. Pretty I good. find myself being repelled by them. But Do you? Yet clicking on the newsletter to find the punchline. Mm, mm, mm. Therein lies the secret. Anyway. Anyway, how you doing? Yeah, I'm well, and 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 more more to the point. I mean, you've had a you've had a big weekend. How how are you feeling after Naseby? Well, I'm still standing. Like you can see me, I'm actually standing. That's good. Um, yeah, the the big old DNF, the three letters that you don't want for me in the hundred mile race. But my cup was filled up. I had a great weekend. 
down there. Uh, Naseby is a race that, the great Naseby water race, um, is a race that I, I think it was probably the first like proper trail race that I kind of went, hmm, that looks interesting. I, you know, I was a road runner um, and was interested in running 100K and realised that couldn't be done on the road because there weren't that many races and looked around, saw Naseby, thought, wow, that looks cool. And then for one reason or another got distracted and kind of never got down there. And so this weekend I finally did. And yeah, it was, you know, everything I hoped it would be except for a finish. <laughs> well, I mean, I must, look, I guess it, starting from the, you know, the process, the build up, I mean, you had a very good build up to the, to the Naseby uh, water race. I mean, you, your training was pretty phenomenal you put in some big big weeks and nice structure I mean yeah how did you feel going in oh I felt great and I you know I I trained the house down to the extent that you know a person who's juggling other things can uh but I was really really happy with my training um and Mark coach Mark had me on a good regime of big weeks and then rest weeks and that so I actually felt really good I felt that I was getting the training that I needed to but also the rest and the recovery that I needed to I was doing strength work I was doing stretching and conditioning I was um, you know doing regular massage to keep on top of things as well so I was actually going really well feeling really happy we had those excellent sessions out at Riverhead that were you know perfect I mean Naseby you know without without offending Naseby Riverhead of the South um, it's pine forest, uh, what, lots of pine forest, um, with gravel road is the course. So those loops that we've been doing out of Riverhead, absolutely perfect, uh, about the same elevation as well. Um, you know, a few little steep climbs, um, on par with the, the trig climb there. Um, but you know, nothing, you know, still plenty of runnable, runnable track. So it was great from that perspective. I was feeling really good. Uh, about a week out from the race, I, I got a niggly hip. And it's been an issue that I've had, I don't know, how, how long have I been banging on about that for? <laughs> a couple of years, right? Um, and I've had treatment on and off for it, um, either hip, tendon, kind of glute, glute area, or um, hip flexor, sorry, um, or down the bottom of my you know, Achilles around there. Either one of them, they sort of alternate. Um, but but this build-up has been fine until a week out. And then I was like, rah, rah. Um, had a massage on Monday. Luke was like, yeah, it should be all right, you know, keep an eye on it. Um, but it was just niggly starting. And then I started the race and I literally said out loud to someone um, when they saw me <laughs> smashing my hip as I was trying to come down a hill, uh, hip flexor problem. And I was like, yeah, 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 it's all good though. Um, my plan is that um, it's hurting now, but eventually something else will hurt more and I'll forget about it. <laughs> um, so that was my strategy. Um, but, yeah. And what lap were you forced to punch, punching your sort of hip oh, groin from, area? From lap one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it <was> the <laughs> Sorry. First, first significant downhill, I think. Oh, it was on the second loop of lap one. Um, I was like pushing into my into my hip because that 
actually felt quite good. Um, but I was like, no, 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 it's just a niggle. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then, and it, it, you know, I was managing it. And then I got to lap 50 and, sorry, not lap 50. <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, I don't. I got to K50, about 50K in. And yeah, it was like, okay, where's the Panadol? Um, this is hurting. Mm. And got a, I'd taken down a little ball. You know, to be able to roll on that. Hilarious moment though, when I <laughs> I thought I'll chuck it on the ground and roll around on it. This is about sixty or seventy K in. And I got down on the ground and I was on the ball and I cramped up in both um hamstrings. So I was like, ah <laughs> <laughs> And then I was trying to sit up and then I cramped up in my core. So I was like, ah <laughs> So I was sort of like lying flat on the ground with cramp and a sore hip. Um, but anyway, and then had to be like, mm, how do I get it back up again? Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, but I sort of I sort of thought, okay, well, I'm still moving reasonably fast at that mm. point. I was still, yes, because I was feeling really good. That was the other thing. It was annoying. I mean, you cracked through 90K in about 12 hours. Yeah. So that's, I mean... In a hundred, in that, in that con, well, in the context of ninety k, that's brilliant. In the context of, uh, you know, a hundred mile race, that's that's tracking pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I was really happy, and like I say, in every other regard, I felt good. My nutrition was going well. Um, I wasn't feeling tired. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it was just that hip was annoying me, um, and then it just got more and more painful, and then. Um, I actually caught up with Adam, so Adam Keane, your coach, who was down there, coach Keane, yeah, doing his two hundred miles, um, and I caught up with him for a lap, um, and I was walking, and it, even walking was hurting, um, and we did we did a loop, one of the five k loops, there's two five k loops, makes up one lap, one ten k lap. And we did one of the 5K loops together and I knew at the end of that it was really, it was painful. And it was, Adam was like, oh, you can, you know, you can rebound, you can do this and get your poles out, um, try that. So I got my poles out, set off on the next loop and yeah, I was just miserable and it took me two hours to do that loop. Right. And I thought, I did some maths and I was like, that's just not fun. I'm going to get slower. It's going to get more painful. Um, I'm going to be out here for a very long time. Um, and I just, yeah, I was done. I, I knew I was done. So made the call. Yeah. So finished at a hundred K. I mean, yeah, that was, Suzanne texts me. I was just going to sleep in the, the yeah. phone. The phone went, and you know, uh, last thing I'd seen, you're at ninety k, and you, you know, and you were doing what everyone does yeah. is, is not making a, not saying anything about it because if you talk about it, you yes. bring it to life, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no indication from you in the in the lead up from the week. You were like, no, no, fine, good, feeling great, stoked, just want to get it done. Um, I was really surprised, but I mean, like, this is the thing, right? We had this discussion sort of off air. What do you what do you do? Do you 
make the decision to push through and be out there for another 15, 16 hours and damage yourself? Or do you mm. live to fight another day? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've kind of, yeah, obviously, you know, as you do, you, you think about the what ifs. And um, I think the fact that it wasn't my first 100 mile race probably was like, I didn't have the motivation to just finish it. Um, uh, you know, even if I had, uh, still debatable, would I have been able to keep going? I don't know, without, you know, further injuring myself. Um, but, you know, that was just not, not on, I wasn't, I, I was like, okay, no, that's not a motivation for me. It's just mm. to finish. Um, I'd gone there wanting to run a good race, you know, and I felt like I had done the training and stuff. So I felt like I deserved a good race. <laughs> Um, and the fact that I wasn't going to have it probably played on my mind. Mm. Um, and actually in the, I chat, you will come to the interviews, but I chatted with John Bain and who won the hundred mile and we had a talk about what happens when your A, a goal is gone. What, what's the mentality of that? Um, and so that's an interesting conversation. So for me, definitely my A goal had gone. I realized that. And so that was, that was a consideration, but I've also thought about what else could I have done? You know, what What other things could I have done? And I'm kind of racking my brain, really. It feels like, you know, it was a mechanical issue. Mm. I tried to deal with it. Um, you know, Coach Mark is a physio, so maybe I could have rung him. <laughs> um, got him to do a, a phone consult. Um, maybe, you know, maybe I should have been stopping between laps and, you know, getting someone to massage um, I don't know, but I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to think what else I could have done. But anyway, I, I'm not, I'm not really down in the dumps about it. It is what it is. And I, as I said, I, I really enjoyed it down there and, um, I loved catching up with people. Um, it's a, it was great to finally get along to, to a race that I've thought about for a long time. Mm. Um, meet some really cool people, get to hang out in Naseby, do a bit of running. Yeah. You know, sort of possum. Yeah, yeah. On my last lap, actually, uh, there's a bit on the second loop where you are trudging up, or well, I was trudging at this point, through some forest on a single trail. And I felt this, I had my bowl there, I felt this thump right down, like right beside me, just like boom. And I was like, oh, what was that? I actually thought something might have fallen out of my pack or something. And I looked down and then this thing just takes off and scrambles up the tree right beside me and then is staring at me at my face level. Like, what are you going to do about it? And uh, <laughs> I sort of was yelling at it and um, <laughs> I had my poles and I briefly considered whacking it with my pole. <laughs> and then thought, no, my pole was kind of held together with string really. Yeah. Um, probably not a good idea to get into a fight with an angry possum. <laughs> Especially when you've got a dodgy hip and you can't run off very fast. <laughs> so I just yelled at it and it just stared at me and then I carried on and then had to explain to the runner who came up behind me what had just happened because she was like, ah, oh, I, uh, I did wonder what that was all about. <laughs> just having a, a wee nervous breakdown on the, on the trail, right. a psychotic That's break. Right. Yeah. Wheeling, wielding uh, wizard sticks around and, <laughs> and swearing at trees. Yeah. No. So yeah, oh, it was dear. it was good, but yeah, it was like I say, good bunch of people down there, um, people doing some incredible athletic feats, um, which we'll talk about. But yeah, old your coach, holy moly, old Adam. Yeah, I mean, jumping into the 
jumping into a 200 mile race basically two days day before maybe yeah he made the decision to just yeah just roll down there and 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 see what happens it's 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 a it's a I mean, it, it sort of speaks to the the human condition, doesn't it? That we can we can do amazing <laughs> yeah. things when we, when we put our minds to it. And and I mean, looking at this, and, and certainly not going to go through the list of results, but some incredible performances. I yeah, mean, thinking about John Bain, sixteen thirty five fifty five for the for the hundred mile win. My goodness. Yeah, me. yeah, and you know, not to be ageist, but fifty eight years old, um, and. He was chasing the record. He was seriously chasing the record for a long time. Um, but yeah, but Brendan, uh, sorry, Brandon Perdue, um, forty six hours forty seven minutes for the for the two hundred mile with Shannon Rhodes right on his tail. You know what's that? Half an hour between them. Yeah, that's um, in the end there. Yeah, and that is literally half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Shannon Lee, Shannon Lee. Um, what an incredible run from her um, setting a new female course record. Um, extraordinary run, extraordinary run, you know. Um, yeah, old mate Mark Beattie, he, he smashed out the 200K. Um, with Ruth Jeffrey not that far behind and, and Wendy Fallon making up the, the, the podium there. Of course, they were the only three finishers, so good chance of making the podium. In the 200k race, hey, you've got to show up, right? You'd got it. Well, there were plenty of DNFs, so if you're going to finish, you're going to get it. Um, but also, just wanted to mention, you know, Sally Nickel in the 100 mile, um, a great race there, and Kieran Phillip and Chris Bisley and Julie Chamberlain in, in the shorter distances, they, you know, raced the house down as well. Chris in the 50k with Julie, you know, not that far behind him. Um, great race, yeah. It was good. So, yeah, this week we bring you a, a Naseby special um, after taking my, my running gear off and um, getting a little bit of sleep and I didn't get much to eat. I wasn't, I wasn't really hungry. Do you ever get that after an ultra? You're just not hungry? Yeah. I just couldn't really, didn't really have much of an appetite. Anyway, I limped back down to the start finish area. Oh, I did have a decent blister on my toe, uh, which when I went back down at the start line, somebody said to me, you can do loops around that. <laughs> so that's quite good. It's quite good. Yeah. Anyway, I caught up with some absolute legends, um, you know, uh, co-founder with her husband, Jamie, um, and, and stalwart of Naseby, Aileen Sinclair. Uh, with I caught up with Brandon Perdue, with um, female winner and course record breaker, Shannon Lee Litt, with uh, John Bain, you know, 100-mile winner plus all-round Dunedin legend and been to, um, uh, you know, backyard ultras and all sorts of stuff. Um, and, of course, because I saw him, we had to catch up with old mate Brooke Van Rennen, who, by the way, ended up winning the men's teams relay with Andrew Glennie. Yeah, that, that was cool, man. That was uh, what they it was called? touch crush, and go for them for a while. Crush the Naseby or something? Crush the Naseby, yeah. Because their uh, uh, chip, apparently their timing chip played up. Oh. and. And for a while, it looked like they were going to be disqualified. But, um, uh, but yeah, they they ended up bagging the win. So yeah, yeah. We, we we caught up with Brock as well. We should do this. Yeah. Greatest, Greatest run, run ever. ever. 
greatest run ever. Greatest run ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. Doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit, might just be a run around a blister, something that sunk you for some reason. <laughs> Send them in to us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this is from Emma Marriott. At the back of my parents' place, a gravel road climbs up a curl of abrupt corners, steep drop-offs, and sharp pits of pothole puddles. It's an 8k grind up and up, heavy breathing mixed with bird calls and the not-quite-silence of thick bush on either side. Snapshots of the Hodaki Plains, peekaboo through the trees, patchworks of paddocks broken by the Waiho River as it slowly snakes its way to the sea. A wooden gate, half-rotted, blocks the road, a place to draw breath. There are signs of warning of private property and keep out and security cameras operating. I should do as they say, but I never do. The camera is bollocks anyway. I jump the gate, sheep, wild and caught, unaware, bounce and bob up the track ahead, dodge the poo amongst the foxgloves, mind the big chunks of gravel that don't see enough traffic to be kept in check, up and up. A waterfall off to the side, quietly minding its own business, lichen creeping over the sandpaper surface of big grey boulders, lumpy grass strewn with gorse and thistles in an abandoned rusty bathtub. Up and up, into the cloud, misty tendrils clinging around the tops of the surrounding hills, Mount Tiaroha in the distance making a grand appearance. Up and up, laboured breathing, calves burning, arms pumping, keeping moving, just up and up. There, the radio mast, towering above all else. The ground is level, I can breathe. The early morning sun, the sweet, sweet air, the treetops meeting the sky, and if I'm lucky, on a clear, crisp day, the sea over Coromandel Way, glinting faintly in a blue haze. No one else, just me up there. Me and all of that, it's always more than enough. A very peaceful, challenging, necessary reset. My greatest run ever. Come on, Emma. Emma. Up and up, indeed. Wow. I must say that was a pleasure to read. Yeah, that was beautiful. A plus. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was so lovely. Um. So funny is that we're so open to suggestion. We've all been to those places where we go run up to a gate and there's some huckery old <laughs> paru gate and someone stuck something up yep. that says CCTV operating yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah. oh, is it? And there's, <laughs> and if it was, what would happen? You know, oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Waiho River, by the way, uh, the Endeavour sailed up it. Did it? Yeah. But now you can, there's some parts where you can't even get a kayak up there. <laughs> but yeah. The old endeavor went up the Waiho River. Anyway, thank you, Emma. That was incredible. Um, the rest of you, keep sending them in. Um, have a read of the website and um, be inspired. Have a read of that one of Emma's again and all the others and send them into a Radio at gmail.com. Those who don't know, aren't aware, Endeavour is the ship with the first European to yes. circumnavigate Aotearoa, Captain James Cook. It was his ship, the Endeavour. Yep. Indeed. Thank you. Right, on with our chats from Naseby. First up, Eileen Sinclair, the race's co-founder, then, this is in order, then Brooke Van Reenen, followed by 100-mile winner John Bain, 200-mile winner Shannon Lee Litt, and then last but certainly not least, Brandon Perdue, who won the 200-mile. And we caught up with him when he was back home. All of these conversations are about Naseby, sure, but they also are about wider things, you know, those things that we love about trail running in Aotearoa. Enjoy. So, who we got here? Aileen Sinclair. Wow, 
thank you for having us at Naseby again. This is, I mean, it must be quite amazing for you it's, at this time. It is so good to be able to sit here and just watch everybody without having to make sure there's plenty of soup and there's plenty of food <laughs> and worrying about people going off course or people getting injured. Or yeah. It's great. It have, really is. Have you been able to, like, disconnect in that way or, or was no, it sort of... no, no. <laughs> Oh, in a way, I have a little bit. Yeah. Um, but in a way, it must always be your baby. Uh, it is, it is, because, you know, it, we were really passionate yeah. about this race, yeah. really, really passionate to encourage people to do the, to go, to be able to extend their distances and things. So, um, it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, to hand it on to, to people that were going to be able to put their twist on it as well. So, and we're really, really happy that it's it's gone to Naseby and, the, you know, the, the trail. And, um, yeah, totally. Just love it. I love Naseby, full stop. And I love the whole community that we've created. That's been the... It's just one big, huge Naseby family. It really is that that it feeling is. of everyone knows each other and yeah, yeah. people and keep coming back. And it is, it is, and and pushing, pushing people to just extend their little distances and and um, and encourage. Totally encourage is just. And Jamie's running a fifty today, so yeah, yeah. it's quite nice to sit back and say, yeah, just, just. Come on, hurry up! You know, <laughs> he, he had his instructions not to be stopping and talking because he's a very social person. He was able to do the social talking yesterday, so today he's supposed to be out there running. And do you think that's going to work? No, no, no. <laughs> Tell me about the early days and the, and you know those those early times and and getting it going. And oh my god! I, the, the first. Um, the first race, we had 13 people wow. line up on the, wow. the start line, you know, 13. And, um, what distances were there in that first one? Oh, there was the, um, the 100K and the 80K and the 50K. I don't yep. think we had the team at that, at that time. Gosh, you're talking 17 years ago now. Um, yeah, and... <laughs> It's just extended. And, of course, we started over at the the swimming dam as well. Oh, is so, that right? Yes. Yeah, so oh. we started over there. Okay. And, um, and of course, the whole thing was we used to have to, to bring everything from Dunedin. So loading up the trailer, thinking, oh, what have we got? And making lists. I'm a person of lists. Yeah. Uh, um you know, have we forgotten something? Have we? I remember one year we got to Outram and we realised all the banners, all the signage that was left back in there because Jamie, in his infinite wisdom, had put it aside so it would be the last thing to go on so as we could be able to put some of the signs yep. up on the way in. Yep. Yep. So back we go <laughs> home. We were able to offload the trailer just at Outram. Yep. Home we went and it was because we were late as it was getting on the road. But there's just the stories I can tell. The people, I think, the lovely thing is that from the time it started and the people that have continually come back year after year, and we've met new people coming back year after year, and 
encouraging their friends to come. It's just, it's been a growing thing. And, and you know, the, the numbers, you might you might get, say, 170 or 180 people, but it stays the same each year, but there's different people coming. Somebody might miss this year and come back next year and... You know, yeah. you can't go to everything. There's so many things that's on That's right, in there. that's right. Well, 17 years ago, the trail running scene was very different to how it is today. Oh, very much so, very much so. Um, we debated about where we were going to do and to put a, a race on because there was nothing. There was only, there was the Kepler and there was that damn run at Kurao. Um yeah. South Island. That's there was nothing. Yeah. Um, I think Tarawera started after us. Yep, it was. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It yeah, is. yeah. Know, I, I so can't remember the exact year, but but yeah, it was before. Yeah, and Naseby um, predates Tarawera. I know um, we were over in the states with Jim Curse and Leslie, and um, they'd done the Western States. And we were sitting around after the race and Jamie and Jim got talking and sort of said, we need to do something, you know, to... And, um, yeah, this is where it sort of started. And um, I thought every year I'd be thinking, oh, my God, what are they going to do this year? What, what, what? Because it was... And then it was the teams that came on. And then when they started talking about... The hundred mile aisle, I'm thinking, oh my god, it's another night out. <laughs> and now we have 200 miles. How long is it going to be before they do a 300 mile? Oh, don't say that out loud. No, no, but I, you know, I, I, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I kind of think, damn fool runners. <laughs> but, you know, everybody is so friendly and just look at the community and people bring their kids and it's a real. There's a few people on their cell phones, but they're contacting their friends to let their families yeah, keeping know. Keeping everybody's up to date. Keeping up to date. But the kids are here. And, yeah. and when there's water in the creek, yeah. the kids, it's a health and safety thing, isn't it? They'd have a... <laughs> <laughs> the kids usually in their gumboots and their, you know, sailing sticks down under the culvert. And it's just whole family. Yeah community here yeah. and and, um, and the way that everyone comes and camps here and absolutely. it's not like a other races or many other races where people come and go it's it's they, we all, it's all part of it. it it is and it's part and parcel and it and it's helping everybody else because what do you need mm. yeah there's people line up here with with no support crew and someone else pitches in and offers to help support and and um we had one girl front up one year and she had a little backpack and a chair. And that was it. Yeah. And that was the year that it was really frosty and horrible. We said, you got a support person? Oh, no, 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 no. What I've got in my pack, if it doesn't fit in my pack, I obviously don't need it. Mm. <laughs> Needless to say, she didn't finish the race, but... <laughs> There's been some characters. Yeah, There's yeah. just been some what's, characters. What's some of your, well, what's, can you think of a favourite Naseby story from over the years? Oh. Too many? Too many, I think. Too, yeah. too, too many. Yeah. Um, 
everybody seems to want to come and have snow. They all want snow. They're waiting for snow. <laughs> I was talking to somebody before and I said, oh, yeah, there's supposed to be snow coming. They said, here. You know, and, the, and the look of joy on there. It's like, no, I think the snow is going to be in Dunedin. You know? Oh. <laughs> How many years? I mean, how many years of snow have there been? Not that many. No, there's not. We had one year over at the swimming dam where we were still doing the start line over there, and we had to go door knocking to get a rake to try and rake the start line, (laughs) and um, you know the odd looks (laughs) on people's faces. So it was just one of the houses down from the, not far from the um, the camping ground. Was, oh, look, where, oh, Jamie and Aileen, you know, from the, the running race, the Great Naseby Water Race. Um, look, there's snow and we need to try and have a start line. And it's full of snow, you know, we'd like a rake or something just to be able to, could we, would you let us borrow? Yeah, they did that. And, you know, that year it turned out that by... Um, Mid-afternoon, there was a warm nor'west, ah. and the ground was so dry. It was a beautiful, beautiful, and there were stars in the sky, and yeah. it was stunning, yeah. absolutely stunning. Yeah. But so you never know what the weather's going to give you. You never know. You never know. I mean, goodness. Our last year of running it, we had to run through COVID. We had to – we put it on in January. So – that was a, a very different proposition, scorcher, you yeah. know. But I've got to say that on the Thursday, I think it was, um, it was August weather. It was oh. it was freezing, and there was snow here on the hills. And somebody rang me from town; they were coming through. They said, "Aileen, is there anything you need?" And I said, "Yes, hold that thought." rung my son or rang our son and said could you go home go to our house and could you get all our Naseby winter gear out and the people brought it through for us we were in the, the hot water bottles my Naseby boots my yeah. woolly jerseys the hats and the gloves and then on the Saturday January. Yeah. January this is January and on the Saturday it was such a scorcher. People were suffering. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've lost for words. The, um, they were so hot yeah. and we were having to try and find ice. So they were going over to the camping ground and, and the store and getting ice so as we could douse people with ice packs and, yeah. you know, yeah. oh, my goodness. It was just oh, wow. so to finish on a year like that yeah. was just amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's been a couple of years where there's been a bit of snow on the ground, but there's always seems to be snow. It always seems to snow about a week, week and a half before mm. the race, mm. but it doesn't lie on the ground yeah. quite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this year's been pretty mild, actually, hasn't it? This has been, and I think it's the lowest DNF because of the weather. Yeah. It's stunning yeah. weather, and you know... It's wonderful. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for the gift of of Naseby to the trial running community, and thank you for all you've done. Oh, 
Oh, thank you so much. I'm sure Jamie will miss talking to you. He's usually full of the words. <laughs> well, he's too busy out there expending them. Too busy out there. He said he's going to come back and do the 80 next year, so <laughs> you'll be coming back too, will you? He'll be, he'll be doing the 200 next. You no, watch. no, 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 no. He'll be 69 next year, so I think... He's, never say never. Never, never say, say never. never, no. Well, I don't know who he's going to get to support him. <laughs> might be on his own. He might be on his own. Well, yes. thank you so much. I'll let you get back oh, to your crew and duties. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, just, it's lovely sitting here and just watching the world go by. It's lovely. It really is. Right. Here at Naseby, who have we got, mate? Brooke Van Rienen. <laughs> and what have you just, you've just run your first loop of the relay yeah uh so three laps for 30k yeah. and teammates andrew glenny we're at uh crush of naseby so the rest <laughs> is up to him we're currently in third place which is pretty cool so we'll see how we go <laughs> no pressure andrew <laughs> well you left you left him in third and now he's gonna he's gonna bring it home for you yeah i left him with good hopefully good leeway yeah hey um it's been a while since we chatted to you what have you been up to um this year i've been focused on peak bagging yeah. kind of got that bug and i'm currently at 101 which is pretty cool yeah um and my next major challenge is the kepler and then a week later doing the wild 64 kilometer v3000 which is that new event in december so that's going to be t- tough but I'm so pretty excited. A week apart, right? Yeah, seven days apart. Yeah, yeah. So Malcolm has told me I've got to treat Kepler as a adventure and not race it. But for me, that's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, you don't really hold back, do you? <laughs> nah, I, I don't know. When I put the race for vomit, it's like a celebration of all the training. And you just go for it and yeah. see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so how, how's the how's the training been going? Um. I started, I ramped it up probably six weeks ago for this and it's been, I'm really happy with it because today I had a real good run so, but before that it was just peak bagging and that's just, it's not really training but you can get in good long runs doing that and you get lots of strength and endurance and stuff from that so. And so Naseby, how many times have you been to Naseby? Fifth year. What keeps bringing you back? the people and it's like coming back and family and yeah just always good vibes and just a cool track and yeah, yeah. it's a it's a really interesting atmosphere isn't it because we've got everyone everyone sort of camping here so it's not like other races or lots of other races where people come and go and then disappear it's like unless your of... name's adam and you go to the pub every night and you're in the middle of your race apart from that apart from that yeah but it's a it's a um it's a really special atmosphere isn't it yeah and just yeah me- meeting people and then every like over the five years now you come back and everyone's like oh g'day brooke or you meet someone yeah. and someone else and yeah, yeah, yeah. then there's always this crazy stories as well and yeah yeah what's your craziest story you've heard about nosby Probably this year, Adam signing up to 200 miles the night before a race, and he's still out there now. It started on Wednesday. 
He is bonkers. He is bonkers, that's for sure. All right, mate. Well, um, it's good to see you again. Um, it's been too long, and yeah. uh, look forward to catching we up again just soon. just need Matt down here next time. That's true. Yeah, the word's out. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, who we got here? Uh, John Bain, uh, Dunedin runner. From, uh, yeah, been, been doing this race for a long time. Yeah. I did, I did the first one. Did you just? Back in 2007, was it? it was wow. 80k race. With 13 runners or something? Eight. I think it was only eight, eight? of us. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 80k back then. Yeah. And then, then it changed to 100 the next year. I did the next one, the next one, the next one. Yeah. yeah. Done all the distances. And what keeps bringing you back? <sighs> well, it's such a social, friendly setup. I mean, I'm, I'm from Benin, so it's not far away. Yep. You know, we've got a big running group in Dunedin. There's probably 15 of us here. Yeah, so, and, uh, yeah, I know a lot of the people. and Yeah, I used to run a lot with Jamie Sinclair, who yep. started the race, and now yep. it was taken over by Jill and, yep. and Neil. So they're yeah. doing an awesome job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you come back? <laughs> and, um, I mean, congratulations on your, on your run yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that went, went, went well. Yeah, I, I was... Um, me and oh, the Aussie, oh, the guy I was running with, we both had a good chat early on and we both had the same goals to try and chase the record and uh, sit on that record basis for as long as we could. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so we managed that for about halfway through the race. Then, the, then things started to bloody uh, change. <laughs> but, you know, still managed to you know, lock it down and just keep ticking along and, and get through. What what does it take to be able to do that? You know, once you, I think it's something lots of people struggle with. Once that sort of, you realise you're not going to hit the A goal, yeah, and you have to adjust. Yeah. How do you stay in the game, especially you know you got half the race to go? Yeah, yeah, it was mentally quite tough. I was I was pretty pissed off um, when when I realised that I couldn't run, you know, the right pace anymore. Um, but I have an A, B, C, and a D goal. Right. You know, A was, well, there's winning, winning the race, of course. Yep. So, uh, yep. So, but the A goal was to, to run the record. Um, I raced Marty Luke's here years ago. I yep. wanted to beat his time. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bisley, he's done just over 16 hours. Oh, shit. Good to knock that off as well. And my PB prior to this, which was did 10 years ago, was 16. 48, I think. So wow. around a PB. Yeah. Pretty good for a 58 year old. Fantastic. So I'm not getting any lady younger, but you know, a bit stronger maybe. Yeah. So you came into it with those different yeah. times and. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, deep down, I, I, I always knew the, you know, run, running that, that race record was probably a wee bit out of my reach. You know, I've been doing backyards. Um, yeah. And which slows you down, and I've done as much speed work as I could since the dead cow race um, in Aussie. Um, yeah, yeah, but the window's a bit short. Yeah, to, to you know to be able to run sort of five fifteens, five twenties, you know, for you know, hundred miles. Yeah. So um, yeah, gave it a nudge. Um, but the the other goal was to use this as speed work for the twenty four hour track race and next month in Auckland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that'll be a notch of speed up again, um, and yes. Yeah, so, so although I, you know, didn't, um, I've, I've got a good 80 k's of fast, you know, um, uh, work out of this race, um, which is going to help me a lot in a yeah. month's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, this I always sort of 
plan my year, um, which I've done pretty carefully over the years, to, to choose races that build to the next race, that build to the one after that, and then peak at the end sort of thing. Yep. So, and that makes a difference, and I'm pretty careful not to do too many backyards without jumping back into some speed, track, intervals, whatever, to keep, get the, keep the speed going, especially yep. as you get a bit older. So is that, I mean, you know, for lots of people um, hearing of a 100 mile race is a, you know having to do speed work and that sort of stuff yeah might yeah. be something that's they, new to most expecting. people yeah yeah yeah, people, yeah. You know, and that's the thing most people don't do it and, and it costs them you know they're yeah. the ones but the ones at the front are typically you know they've done that sort of training and I always think of it as like a stretched marathon program yeah you know you got to do some longer runs in the marathon but you still got to do all the fast intervals the you know and the speed work to yeah to be able to maintain that 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 pace so without giving away any trade secrets what would be a key session for you with that in mind uh, uh, you know from a speed perspective oh i was doing um one minute intervals you know uh at sort of 85 percent intensity you know sort of maybe for me 330 pace 340 um with we we rest in between 20 times yep um, on the yeah. track or something? Or? No, I, I, I spend as much time as I can on this sort of shit, on yeah. gravel. gravel. There's a yeah. Woodhall Gardens in, in Dunedin is, is a nice fine gravel. Yeah. That's a 1k sort of um, trail sort of thing. So I do as much as I can off-road um, because, you know, the you know the legs yeah, don't rack so well. But I can do it on the Kelly, on the track in, t- in town. Yep. But I prefer to do it off-road yep. um, on, a, on a fast surface, though. It's yep. a hard surface. So, you so not, not on hills anymore, but. Uh, No, but I do hill in the hills yes. as well when but I'm trying to... Yeah, for speed stuff, I'll, and i got another couple of places where I'll, I'll do it on a just gradual slight downhill, like Leith Valley and Northeast Valley. Yep. They drop 20 metres over about 2Ks or something. So you can rattle down there and feel like Superman, you know, <laughs> run 15, 20 seconds a K faster. Yep. And um, you can do sort of... 1k intervals down there just to get know, the leg speed going yeah i really love the 1k sort of intervals on that slight downhill yeah um and yeah, it's anything from 30 seconds to three minute intervals with a short rest and depending on how you know the, the more you do that you can shorten up the rests and extend the you know the yeah. amount of time you do you yeah. know up to 30 or 40 of the bloody yeah. things and what about yeah. at the other end in terms of your your longer runs what do you what do you what would you top out at um well, last year I, I, I did a 100k training run, and I was building up for the double miler here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the biggest training run was 100, but I did a prior to that I, I did a 90 and an 80, and 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 I spent a bit of time up in Bannockburn and run from Bannockburn to Clyde and back around the the, the you know the Lake Trail, yep. uh, which is quite hilly as well, and it's um, yeah. Yeah. So this year I've because I've done, I did the Ham 100, yeah. so that was a big chunk of base, so I don't, didn't have to do as much base this year because I did the Ham 100. Prior to that, I did the 3 plus 1 in Dunedin, and then I did the Dead Cow, which yeah. was 340 Ks. Yeah. So I didn't need to do bugger all base yeah. for yeah. this. It was, yeah. I had to yeah. sort of completely switch it and just do speed, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't done much yeah. base at all and hadn't yeah. needed it. And didn't, yeah. you know, it was fine, fine for base. Yeah, all PV. Base is just bubbling away I can yeah. feel it typically I find my base after race will sit there for a good three months you know without having to do anything too crazy 
um, yeah, it just sits there. You know, it's not like speed, which will disappear in, in a month, six weeks. You know, the base, you know, uh, the endurance hangs around a bit longer. Yeah, but people yeah. people don't realise that and they end up doing too much or doing yeah. too much too close. And you end up cooked, don't you? Cooked, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got to be, be, be a bit careful. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I've, I mean, I do have a big gap, you know. I'm, I'll probably build up to 250Ks. I've done 300, 350K weeks in wow. the past which was yeah. probably a wee bit too much yeah um yeah. and are you fitting those in like obviously you're gonna to have to be doing double days to do that sort of yeah stuff. i used to take a friday off on those big big like 300k weeks i'd take the friday off and i'd run pretty much um all day friday or do i did a lot of doubles like i'd do a three hour in the morning and two or three hours in the afternoon and just to bust it up a bit yeah but these this year and, and a wee bit lately i've done more just single longer runs, yeah, like six hours, seven hours. Yeah. Um, just plodding around the hills or, you know, up in Bannockburn running run out to Pisa Moorings or something. Or, yeah. Or, or I ran to Alex or Clyde or Bannockburn to Alexandra and back. That was the hundred K one. Yeah. It was quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some pretty amazing countryside. Oh, it's so fantastic we were pretty lucky, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just so scenic and it just yeah. time ticks away. Yeah, yeah. But you got to build up to that stuff. You don't want to be jumping in and yeah. you know doing it with without um, you know, having done a whole lot of stuff before it. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it's a bit counterproductive. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. So, you know, I've been, been doing this stuff for you know, a long time now, so I'm, I'm pretty careful about what, I, what, I'm, what I can and can't do. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And you yeah. mentioned you mentioned you've mentioned a couple of times um, dead cow gully. Uh, dead cow gully. Mm, um, yeah. I mean, what an amazing event to have yeah, been a part of that was fantastic just to be be there and, and Tim the organiser he's a hard case and it's such a cool uh, you know down to earth event they don't even time it you know they only do lap times you, you yeah. can't even still can't even find times online yeah, no there's none there's, <laughs> he, he doesn't know them because there's no no clock yeah, which was cool, but it was part of the rules, obviously, because it was part of the... the well, I guess it doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't matter, so no one knows. Yeah. Yeah, the only person, you, you might remember a few, but uh, yeah. if someone, unless someone's writing them down, but yeah. no, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just the, the way it panned out, and I, I learned so much, because that was my fourth backyard. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I'm finding every time I do one, you, you, you learn this and you learn that, and you're like, shit, well, that's how you get to the next stage, and blah, blah, blah. And likes of Harvey Lewis, he's done eight or nine, and Sam, young Sam Harvey, he's done seven or eight, I think. So these guys have learnt a lot over yeah. there, you know. And they're just—I mean, they're almost a different sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's very it's it's, it's fascinating the, the whole backyard uh, thing and, and what what gets you to through the second night sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's hard case. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great fun. Yeah. And so, with this behind you now, and with the track champs coming up, what will you do between now and then to prepare for that? Well, I'm just going to really listen to the body and just just recover. You know, won't be doing next couple of weeks. I'll, I'll do a wee bit of jogging probably. I'll do got a pub run on Wednesday with the boys in Dunedin, and uh, and that'll be ten or twelve k's that are just applied, and, and there'll be a bit of just plodding around, blood flow, and just a bit of massage. Uh, but you can't do any serious training really for a few weeks because yeah. things are, you know, be too too tired. Yeah. You can't, you know, make any progress when you're when you're coming off a, yeah. a reasonably big race. So yeah. it's it's just a matter of freshening up. And I'll just need to, I'll do some some interval stuff just to get the league speed going again, you know. But you can whack that out in half an hour, forty minutes, and it's yep. done. And you know, you bounce back. 
you know, if you've done it before, you bounce back from that pretty yeah. quick. So yeah. I can squeeze that stuff in, and that'll be probably it. You know, yeah. uh, I won't need to do any any. Won't be able to do any mileage because you don't have the recovery time. Yes. You know, you want to be fresh, and so yeah. it's a tight window. It's a bit tight. Ideally, with six weeks would have been better, but it is what it is. So I'll go up give it a nudge yeah yeah hey well look congratulations again yeah, no um, on an amazing run and um you know all the best for the track champs yeah yeah and i'm uh, i'm kind of looking forward to it and not <laughs> yeah yeah those track a special are, kind of suffering oh they're, they're yeah they're a bit evil yeah. those things yeah it's just no rest for the muscles you're running the same plant plane all the time and yeah they yeah they are hard but yeah. Uh, yeah. you know it's a challenge yeah, yeah. Well, we have a legend here. Um, I'll just get you to introduce yourself to the people. Uh, my name's Shannon Lee Litt. And you have just um, obliterated the 200-mile course. Yeah, I don't know if the word obliterated is right. I finished, and <laughs> um, it was bloody tough. <laughs> um, how, I mean, what, these, like we say, these, these, we were just talking, these things are so new, um, how did you prepare to be able to run 200 miles? What were you, what was your training? What was your, your strategy and your thinking going into it? Yeah, well, um, yeah, it's pretty new and um, I'd never run a 200 mile race before. Um, the closest I'd come is actually doing a 500k in five days and I did that about 10 years ago for charity. So I guess I know what it's like to sort of do those multi days and when I did that 500k I was really so, so sore, excruciating pain by um, the second, no, the, the third day. Um, but I slept during that, so it's quite a different thing. And mm. I did a bit of research, like on YouTube, of um, runners who have done 200 mile races, like the Cocodona 200 and the Mohab 240. Um, I know Sally McRae um, over in the US um, has done quite a few YouTube videos. And um, one of the strategies, um, I think, um, was to actually sleep on the first night. And I made the big mistake of not doing that. So was that was that a it just happened that way or like I mean I guess if you're feeling good you just keep going yeah I wasn't really feeling good but I just sort of didn't feel like sleeping so um, I ended up walking after about 170k not feeling too good and I had to deal with blisters um, quite early on and I don't usually get those so I had to wrap um, I wrap my toe nail because it was dead and that actually caused a blister so I did the wrong thing um, with that, um, I can tell you a little bit about. You asked about the training. Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about the training I'd done. Well, what I saw on YouTube is a lot of people go and um, do like a hundred. They run a hundred miles on really tired legs. So I recently did a hundred k in India, and um, I probably shouldn't have done it on tired legs because it was a race. But I'd done like five hundred k in about ten days or two weeks, and then I went and raced this hundred k. Wow. So it made it really hard. Um, and my training. I tried to sort of mimic the race. So one thing I did is um, I did a couple of 75Ks over two days and I also did um, around about the 300K um, or 200 miles over about four days, but I slept. So I sort of tried to do it that way just to make sure that I felt like a bit more physically conditioned. Mm. But I've learnt so much and I've you know made heaps of mistakes during the race that, yeah, I'll learn for next time. Yeah, so next time? Yeah, I'd love to do it again. I'd love to come back and, you know, sleep on the first night and sort of address those blister issues. Don't yeah. put tape around my feet like I usually do and, uh, yeah, make quite a few changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were just talking about um, hips and you had, you 
came up with a, well, you had a, uh, a secret um, fix for those. Yeah, well, I tried to sleep um, on the second night in one of the tents, and my hips were like, um, there was such excruciating pain that it was actually easier to walk and keep going. But then I just, you know, a couple of hours later, I felt so, so tired. So um, Shannon Rhodes and his wife um, had this amazing tent with a really good heating source. And Shannon was out powering the course. So at that time, I jumped in his tent um, and his wife um, gave me two hotties to put over my hips and put me in this bed. And I slept for like two or three hours. And then I woke up and I just felt amazing and um yeah, got some porridge made and a coffee and I was just able to power that last 80k in about 10 hours so I really was able to sort of come back and it's made me realize that these longer races like even when the chips are down that you can keep going and you can sort of problem solve to like continue and it's sort of highs and lows yeah yeah definitely it's 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 about that problem solving isn't it that's what I say about ultras but especially in a 200 mile race where you got so much time that things can go wrong and then come right again. Yeah, exactly. You can come right again. And I was sort of reflecting this morning when I came back to the course about how I was feeling and how there were a lot of highs and lows. And about a third of the time I felt pretty good during the run. About a third of the time I felt like sort of okay, but, you know, maybe having to do a bit of walk walking and then like the rest of the time it was just like I felt awful (laughs) I felt really lousy so it's just sort of pushing through and powering through and I think the other thing that I've learned is um, you get quite a lot of mental clarity in these races like making decisions Um, you know I'm kind of like oh that's right I can do that and it's sort of giving me that clarity in life as well yeah Yeah. Yeah. how did you deal with the the mental side of 32 laps on the same course that didn't actually really bother me at all. Um, I had an amazing support crew of uh, my partner Alan, also a really good friend Jaden and Mel, and they were amazing and they kept um, helping me, just knowing that I'd see them each lap. And yeah, I don't mind, um, you know, doing loops. Um, you know, you get to know the course really well, and you know, I think I don't mind doing that. So getting through it mentally. Um, I was never not going to finish. I think that when you commit to these sort of events, you're like, right. Um, I really want to finish and um, one of the reasons why I chose this event is because I wasn't quite sure if I could finish. Right. You know, I've always done 100k, sort of been my specialist distance yeah. and do it fast. Um, but, you know, just picking a race that you're sort of, um, I can train for it the best I can, but I'm not quite sure if I'm good enough to finish this race and I was always in the back of my mind like, you can do this, I can yeah. finish and yeah. having those mantras and sort of committing to it and, you know, the training that I've done, I guess, over the past, you know, 18 months has, you know, helped me a lot. And one other thing that I've done is sometimes I'll, I race a lot and I'll go into these races on really tired legs, knowing I know I've done lots of Ks the week before or, you know, a month before and, you know, I might do like 200K, 250K and then go and race a race and knowing that this will help me in the longer races. So, yeah, yeah I'm definitely keen to like try, try another long race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What um, you mentioned sleep, how much sleep did you get in total? And what, what you know, so was two sleeps, was it? Yeah, it was sort of two to three sleeps. So I didn't sleep at all the first night. And I went through the um, 100 miles in a pretty fast time. I think it was around about, might have been 21 hours or it could have been 22 hours wow. um, into that um, 100 miles. So it was pretty fast through there. Didn't sleep the first night. And the second night, I tried to sleep at 10.30. And I had like a 30-minute um, 
sleep, uh, although I didn't sleep, yeah. but my hips Lying were excruciating. Yeah. Then I did another loop and then my crew was like, oh no, you have another sleep. And I was half an hour trying to sleep 45 minutes and then my hips were too sore. I'm like, no, I need to keep running. So that's about an hour. And then about three in the morning on the second night, as I was crossing the transition, I was actually falling asleep. So I was like, no, I have to sleep. Yeah. And I was able to sleep um, from three uh, that morning till around about... It was actually 5.47, so I guess I had maybe about four hours, yeah. um, and if I did it again, I would actually plan to sleep longer. I think you need um, a longer sleep. Like, I'm not very good with, like, a 10-minute sleep, yeah. which is why I'm probably terrible at these backyard ultras. I need to have a long sleep, so I would recommend actually having, like, a 90-minute sleep yeah. and then, you know, keeping on going. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, of course, the other important element is food. What was your strategy with that and, and how did it go? Yeah, well, food's really important and I consumed a truckload of food. I was trying to work out, I think it might have been about 20,000 calories. Wow. I probably overfueled. I was probably having about 400 calories an hour initially and I got quite bloated. But, um, you know, I've got quite a good gut. I didn't feel sick at all. I really like my food. So I was, um, my strategy was um, to have real food. So I started off um, with bananas and I had potatoes, and I had kumra, and I usually have like a banana protein pancake that I make. And yeah, I mainly just stuck with real food. Um, I had some sort of crisps, um, not salt and vinegar chips, but some crisps. And um, I did have some Morton gels as well, which was really good. So yeah, tried to stick with the real food, but then towards the end, um, you know, the sugar. And also through the night, um, I talked to um, a lady who I've known for years, Fiona Jane Havis Wright, who you've interviewed yes, before, yep, yep. she um, gave me a few tips with the Backyard yep. Ultra about yep. doing like uh, liquid through the night. Yep. I didn't have liquid through the night. I still kept eating, but I mainly sort of had more like the Morton gels and also some like pure yep. nutrition and water. Um, and I had a wee bit of Coke. So yeah, I'm definitely a strong advocate of going for the real food because it definitely stops any gut issues, just the plain food, potatoes, kumra, yeah. um, banana. And then if you do need the gels, you can go for those and we're always terrible at asking this question but what's next what's next well I had entered the 12 hour NZ track race because I did it last year and um, yeah I wanted to go back and do it again and try and maybe be a bit faster Um, so I may do the 24 hour but I'm really keen to go to Thailand in December to do um, 100 miles over there and it's part of the UTMB mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trail series and I've done Tarawera and I've also done another race in Austria called Mozart this yep, year. Yep, so yep. if I do a third one, um, yeah, I'd quite like to go over there and do a third one but yep. I just need to balance my training because flat running is quite different to 10,000 metres over 100 miles mm-hmm. and it's very hard to try and um, be okay at both. You can be okay at both but you're yep. never going to be good at both at yeah. the same time yeah. so just have to have a think about it yeah there's too many races aren't there? yeah there's too many yeah <laughs> hey well listen congratulations an incredible run and um really privileged to talk to you yeah thanks so much thank you <laughs> hey welcome brandon Purdue. how's the body yeah yeah uh it's uh on the mend so uh <laughs> yeah it's taken a bit of a beating but uh yeah every day we're seeing a bit of progress Oh, that's good. That's good. As long as you're heading in the right direction. Hey, congratulations on, uh, you know, an astonishing, astonishing run at the weekend. Um, 
uh, how do you even begin to take on something like that? Uh, well, like anything, um, it's a challenge that I didn't know it was achievable. Uh, like I certainly knew I could go out there and knock out a miler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 200 miles was uh, something that I didn't know whether that was achievable. Uh, I'd knocked out 280 in the backyard beforehand. So, um, you know, that's why I signed up to these things is to, you know, see if I um, can achieve that. So um, when you talk about how do you go about uh, trying to knock that off, um, yeah, just put in a training plan that was um, kind of similar to uh, what you do for a, a miler training plan, uh, just knocking off as many miles as I can, really. So it was a volume game? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, like um, I was averaging probably about the 140 k's a week uh, over the last, what, three months. But uh, that's including um, training for the Crazies Backcard Ultra. Uh, so, yeah, I've been putting in a lot of miles for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, your base must be enormous. Yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah, leading up to Crazies, um, yeah, I would have had, you know, kind of peak weeks where I hit about uh, 180Ks. Um, and then, as you do, yeah taper off uh, leading to the race and so yeah it's just kind of you're trying to build up to the race and then kind of taper off again and then build up again I, I think um trying to maintain that high mileage consistently yeah, it would be quite hard on the body yeah yeah and the race itself i mean you you took a flyer in the in the first mile um you know yeah, the, the, I, it I, seemed, I, seemed like you were just cruising yeah, like the pace was comfortable for me. Uh, I, I don't like to leave minutes on the course. Yeah. Uh, if I'm comfortable and I'm not, uh, you know, uh, fatiguing the legs, then uh, I'm happy to go out there a little faster at the start. Um, it's also good to, uh, yeah, put a little bit of a lead <laughs> on other people. So, uh, and that helped, that helped me really is because uh, when you look at the um, – race uh, closing into the final few laps uh, i was kind of lucky I'd, I'd built a solid lead on uh, shannon throughout uh throughout the race and uh i needed that because when it came to the last few um injuries were slowing me down and uh shannon you know he had looked after himself he'd taken sleep throughout the race so uh he was able to start picking things up again so uh it certainly made the race interesting yeah i mean his last lap an hour and five i think i read that he did um yeah, he so went he, for he it. He was coming and, for um, you. Yeah, and he got to within 30-odd minutes, 35 minutes. Yeah, so. and I knew I knew he was uh, chasing me down. We actually, it was on my lap 32, my my last lap actually, uh, near the start of that, that we uh, ran together for a little bit. And, uh, yeah, we had a good chat. I'd, had to, I'd actually had to chase him down on lap 31. Um, I saw him go out of the transition area and um, – yeah, I had to just uh, grab uh, some food and, and uh, drink as quick as I can and go after him because I knew he was about to uh, kind of put the foot down. And uh, I didn't I didn't catch him on that uh, 5Ks, but I caught him as we came into transition. So we spent uh, a few minutes running together on uh, that lap. And, uh, yeah, I knew he was going to go out there and still try to uh, catch me, but I had that one lap uh, to finish. And yeah. it was still hard. It's still yeah, it took me like an hour fifty to get round there, but uh, yeah, I was lucky enough that uh, the body held out for that last lap. 
yeah yeah good to have that buffer what was the um conversation when you did run together was there a bit of trash talking or um oh yeah it's just good banter eh? you know yeah. i was you know congratulating him on a good race for, for yeah. the fight he'd put in and uh yeah. and he was kind of doing the same to me really so yeah. um yeah yeah the, the funny thing is is we just hadn't run into each other uh for the whole race he'd, he'd always just been uh, uh behind me and um so the whole you know the whole day i was well, the whole two days i was looking out for him and i was keen to run together with him but uh it just never happened so um yeah when we finally got together it was quite funny because um yeah, he kind of, I knew it, but he also told me that he'd been chasing me down for like the last 12 hours. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he almost got there. Yeah. I mean, a couple of warriors, incredible to be able to share those moments in the trials. But that was the strange thing about that race, wasn't it? That um, I was talking to Adam Keane about this, actually, that he was saying, you know, you just went so long without seeing the other competitors, uh, which is extraordinary when you're going around loops, like two 5K loops um, over that distance. It was quite almost lonely. Yeah, I guess so. And um, I guess when it came to uh, the 200 miler, we only had 10, 11 entrants. Mm, <laughs> so uh, mm. you don't get too many people keen to go out there and uh, knock off that many miles. And uh, yeah, over the 10K course, yeah, you can easily spread out that mm. many people. Mm, mm. And then... You so you you knocked out what was it sort of nineteen hours or something your first mile? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, what was your strategy for the second half? Was it just uh, so just to just keep charging? Um, so my my aim really was to go out there and uh, knock off John Bain's uh, course record. Uh, yeah. So uh, I thought it was achievable. Um, so that gave me twenty four hours uh, for the second miler, which was uh, an hour and a half a lap. And um, yeah, I was I was doing that comfortably for quite a while. Um, I just got down to the last uh, eight laps, I think it was, when um, yeah, the injuries that I'd picked up just started to get a bit too much, and then it got to the point where uh, it just couldn't run anymore. Uh, so uh, yeah, even walking was uh, pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a matter of just uh, kind of holding on for dear life. Mm. You um, sent me quite a lengthy text with your injuries. Um, <laughs> do you want to do you want to run through what you actually picked up? Yes. Yeah, so um, yes, I've got uh, cellulitis in my uh, lower right leg. So um, yeah, so that's a blood infection. So I'm on medication for that. That's that's given me the most grief. Yeah. Um, and in my uh, left leg. Um, I didn't know what it was during the race. I thought it could have been my hip or my groin. And, um, but yeah, once we got into the hospital, uh, they seem to think that I've, yeah, like torn like my hip flexor. Um, Ouch. but I'll deal with that in due course. I'll, uh, have to make a book into a physio at some stage and see what's happening there. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've kind of, I've moved from, uh, two crutches down to one crutch at the moment. So oh, that's, that's, progress. Progress. It is. <laughs> it is. But, um, my, my wife, she, she broke her leg a couple of months ago, and she's just come out of a cast herself. So, um, at home, we've got the uh, the stool for the shower. We've got the um, <laughs> the scooter for moving around the house on your knees. So, um, yeah, we've got a bit of a broken household at the moment. So, um, yeah, <laughs> a, at least we've got those kind of things there to help out. Yeah, bit of a rehab center. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have um, rap though too? 
No, I don't think no. so. I think that was oh, that was uh, a rumor going around. Yeah, that, I, I guess that could have been, um, uh, yeah, uh, the result of that situation. But no, it just seemed no. like uh, cellulitis. Yeah. yeah. What what brings? How how do you get cellulitis from an ultra? Yeah, I don't Excuse know. It seems voice. like um, my understanding is uh, often a wound could call, cause that, but right. it's not like I had any wounds that uh, could have. Um, been the reason, but the doctor also seemed to think that uh, it could just come from from trauma. Um, yeah. So yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess you could get that. Yeah, yeah. Talk me through that sort of mental toughness then that was required in those last eight laps. I mean, did it ever go through your mind of, oh well, you know, it's just not not my, you know, I can't I can't carry on. Yeah, I guess I've I've kind of been there before. Um, like I've done God's Own six times. I've done a few ultras now. Um, you know, um, with the, with the backyard, I've kind of been through it, and you you kind of question why you're out there doing this, and and mm. when times get tough and you're hurting, um, you're always asking yourself, um, yeah, why you why you're still out there, and what your reasoning is for continuing. So, um, yeah, all that kind of went through my mind, even even got up to about lap number 30 and I was considering withdrawing um, because, yeah, I knew I was pretty badly injured. Um, but then at the same time, I was telling myself, I'm so close mm. and, and and I'm still ahead and I can yeah. still hold on. So, um, yeah, you have all this going through your head and, um, yeah, you just kind of ask yourself, um, yeah, do you, do you plan on quitting or do you uh, – plan on uh, pushing through yeah yeah i mean i guess knowing too that you still had the lead and there was still a race on would have been a huge motivator oh yeah um it sure was and um and i also like think of the disappointment if uh shannon caught me on the last lap oh man you know i i led from the get-go and uh if he had caught me you know the last couple of k's Oh man, that, that would have been quite tough to uh, take. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was trying to keep that pace up. Um, I, I wouldn't call it pace. Like, uh, <laughs> like my mum came out and joined me on like lap thirty for five k's, and um, within a couple of hundred meters, I had to tell her to slow down. She, um, <laughs> my sixty-five year old semi-retired mum, she was flying. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't keep up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what about that moment when you did cross the line? And I mean, first of all, were you together enough to know that that was it? You'd you'd actually cross the line, and and what went through your mind? Oh yeah, like it was pretty special. Um, like leading up to it, um, oh, to be honest, that last five k, I was pretty, I was I was running scared, thinking that uh, Shannon yeah. could uh, be just around the corner. Um. You know, it was nighttime, so um, you're seeing head torches out there, or sometimes you're thinking you're seeing head torches. Yeah. I remember at one stage uh, seeing a head torch uh, on the other side of uh, the gully on the second loop, and um, and that kind of shows that someone's uh, a few hundred metres, or maybe a good 400 metres behind you. And when I saw that light, I thought, I didn't think that was Shannon. I thought there was no way he could get that close. But I also thought, what if it is? Yeah, and so from then I just kind of yeah charged as hard as I could, and it wasn't until 
uh, that final stretch, you come down that final stretch on the gravel yep. road that mm-hmm. I kind of knew that, um, yeah, even if a head torch did kind of uh, pop around the corner, I'd be right. So, um, yeah, I, uh, honestly, I kind of walked <laughs> a lot of that last little stretch. But yeah. that was good, yeah, crossing the line. My mum was there. My mum had supported me for uh, yeah. for the race, and, and she was amazing. Um, that was yeah. the first time she'd uh, been support crew for a race like that. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah, so that, that was quite special. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. And that that um, there's that moment when you see the lights of that finish line. That must have just been so sweet to know that you were – you just come over that that rise, don't you? you? See see the see the little caravan all that up at the finish line. Um, must have been really really sweet. Yeah, it sure was. Like uh, I was done, so <laughs> I was ready to stop moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what is it about? I mean, well, I was going to ask you too. What's the difference between a backyard and a race like Naseby, where you're still doing loops, but it's you know you can you can slow down and you can, I mean, in a backyard, you don't have that, I was going to say luxury, but it's not really a luxury um, of carrying on when you're injured. But what, what's the difference um, mentally and physically between a backyard and a race like Naseby? Yeah, I guess uh, physically, first of all, um, yeah, obviously your hour time limit for the backyard kind of controls everything about what you do. Mm. There's no use going out too fast. And um, but you have to obviously be back within that time limit. Um, yeah, you think about like the first few laps, the pace I I set uh, in Naseby. Uh, you wouldn't bother doing that uh, in a backyard. And um, also, the pace for Naseby. I think it was if if you hit like an hour and a half for a lap in Naseby, that was the equivalent of uh, knocking out your backyard laps. Yeah. So um, that was actually my intent for the race was to go out there and um, yeah, not not have any laps go over an hour and a half. Um, but unfortunately, it did near the near the end of the race. Um, because if that was in a backyard, then yeah, I would have timed out. Mm. Um, and uh, mentally, I would say it's uh, very similar. Um, I guess the tricky thing is is in Naseby, as you said before, is you don't see as much as the other competitors. The, the cool thing is with the backyard is every hour on the hour you're lining up with everyone else again. And um, and you can spend a lot of laps uh, running with the other competitors and chatting a lot more. And, and you do in Naseby also, but um, it's a little harder to uh, maintain a similar pace at a similar time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, I guess, a lot more sort of a um, self-reliance. Um, and you, I mean, you're still being motivated by those who are behind you, but but you've you've got to be the one to get out of the chair and you yeah, know, definitely. You can, you've so, got a whistle keeping you keeping you honest, have you? Yeah, it does. And take Naseby for example. So my my plan was I, I wasn't planning on sleeping for the race. Um, my intent was to get in and out of uh, transition as quick as possible every time. I, I yeah. I only you know for Naseby you come through the transition area twice every lap. Yeah. But I only ever stopped once each lap, and um, and that was for the shortest possible time mm. each time. Uh, mm. So sometimes I'd be uh, sitting down and uh, eating some hot food, and then other times I'd just be uh, grabbing something and running. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I minimise that time um, as much as possible. Whereas it's so easy to lose it, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely, and and that's kind of the 
coming from the adventure racing background, I know that, you know, um, yeah, every minute counts. And, um, yeah, if you can be as efficient as possible and save every second, it, it builds up over the days. Mm, for sure. So did you, did you sleep at all? No, no. No time wow. for that. Oh, wow. Wow. How, how was the, you know, I mean, were you hallucinating? What was going on? No, that no, that was all right. It was only two days, you know, <laughs> nothing to worry about. <laughs> all right, adventure racing, you know, you're out there for like four, five, six, seven days. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, when yeah. the good hallucinations hit. You hit yeah. like four days in adventure racing and yeah. you start seeing some good stuff. What's your best? Uh, the best is, well, I've seen a lot. You, st- you start to see a, a lot of like animals and things like that in the bush like you start yeah. to see dinosaurs or giraffes or elephants and stuff like that you see you see a lot of faces i think as humans we're kind of inclined to see faces but um yeah one of the better ones was um we're in fjordland we're uh paddling up one of the fjords there into a beach uh for a checkpoint and um and on the beach there in the distance i, I could see this uh this dancing rabbit like a, a life-size human-sized rabbit dancing on the beach. But at the same time, I'm telling myself, come on, that's just a hallucination. It's not a real dancing rabbit. It's just, it's, just a, it's just a person. It's one of the supporters. You know, they're out there on the beach and they're, they're dressed up in like a bunny suit and they're dancing on the beach. And then by the time we finally get up to the beach, it's, it's just some tree. It's, it's just waving <laughs> in the breeze. Um, so yeah, you've seen all sorts of stuff. Um, like yeah. I've had uh, one of my teammates, um, we, we paid him out about this a lot. He, um, he was seeing these wild horses and, um, Did you see those horses. And so, um, <laughs> for the rest of the race, I, you know, would pay him out about the horses that he was seeing. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's another world adventure racing, isn't it? Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. What's taken you? into into the world of ultras from adventure racing uh so yeah i did god's own uh six times and then um yeah the last three times was the same team and yeah i love that it was great sticking with the same team and um but then the teammate yeah, had an injury so we didn't stick together we didn't enter again and um as you do you kind of want to find an, an outlet for <laughs> For what you've been doing and so because we hadn't entered uh god's own again i thought oh i'll uh you know sign up to some of these ultras and uh tick some of those boxes and yeah. um yeah i guess that's what i've been doing for the last uh year and a half yeah yeah what was your first one uh probably uh crazies yeah, yeah crazy backyards uh last year so um yeah, went along to that and uh, finished in the assist position to uh, mm. to Sam. Mm. Yeah, some guy called Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit of a nemesis. Yeah, twice. Twice I've been the assist to Sam. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I've had, yeah, I had a few people hitting me up before uh, Naseby saying, uh, yeah, you can't go out there and uh, finish second again. So, <laughs> yeah, couldn't have that happen. You didn't get a chance to catch up with Chris Bisley and ask him, how, how do you beat him? No, so um, yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. Um, yeah, I saw Chris. He had a great race in the fifty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he knocked that out in a press of time. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to racing Chris myself. Like, um, you know, he um, 
he picked up with a win at Crush the Cargo a couple of times, and then um, yeah. and then I did that after yep. him. So um, yeah, we need to have a we need to have a bit of a showdown at some stage. You got to go head to head. That's right. Yeah, Queenstown versus Dunedin. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I mean, you've you've really hit the ground running. Excuse the pun. Uh, in the ultra scene. Um. So the I mean, obviously, you've got that. Um, aerobic base from adventure racing, um, but what else is it that you think that's made you so successful? Oh, I I guess I've just always been a runner, and um, yeah, that was that was a good base for uh, getting into the adventure racing. But um, yeah, I think the adventure racing really kind of shaped that endurance base um, over the last six years um, on the you know physical and mental side of things. Mm. Um, and yeah, like we talked about before with things like the transitions and stuff like that, I think that's given me a huge advantage going into some of these other races like the backyard or, or crush the cargo is, um, yeah, just not wasting any time in those transitions. Uh, like take crush the cargo, for example, uh, last year, um, over the whole 24 hours, I spent about five minutes in, in transition. Wow. Um, so that wow. was it. I was. I was in and out. There was only only two transitions out of the eighteen laps that I uh, actually stopped for things. So for six, wow. sixteen of those laps, I was just in and out, turned around. Yeah. So um, yeah, and things like the- that from adventure racing, I've been able to yeah bring into the ultra running and similar yeah. with the backyard is um, yeah just maintaining your nutrition and um, yeah looking after yourself. I've kind of yeah brought that from my adventure racing experience into the yeah. uh, ultra side of things. Yeah. I mean, that says to me that you're also super organised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I spend a lot of time just scrambling through my bag going, where did I put, you know? Oh, I, saw, I saw a great post from uh, Adam Keane of his um, of his gazebo after Naseby this year, and it just it looks like a pigsty. There's just yeah. boxes and cans and wrappers just everywhere. At, yeah. Absolute pigsty, and it cracks me up. And, that, and that's probably um, normal for, for most people, whereas um, – yeah, honestly, if you look at my stuff, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, boxed up and rolled up and uh, pretty pretty well organised. Yeah, run a tight ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where does that come from? Uh, it was probably that military background. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you were you were in the air force for fifteen years. Yeah, so fifteen years in the air force as a logistics officer, and um, yeah, yeah, that's probably uh, shaped uh, that. <laughs> organization side of things that's right you can't be running a messy operation if you're trying to do flight logistics yeah yeah too right (laughs) um so you've taken to um backyard ultras so much that you're even putting one on tell us tell us about that yeah yeah i I love it like um for the last few years while i was still adventure racing I i was watching what was happening in the backyard ultra scene like I saw what was happening up in Riverhead and the like, and and I, I just knew that, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love that environment. Um, but at the same time, I was still adventure racing, so um, it just didn't quite work out timing-wise to, to get involved. So it was um, once uh, that our team didn't enter God's own again that I, yeah, uh, jumped on board and signed up to Crazies. And, um, yeah, at the same time, I was uh, looking to, um, yeah, bring a backyard to uh, Queenstown. So, um, yeah, it took a good year to, um, <laughs> as it does sometimes, to uh, make these things happen. 
But, uh, yeah, really looking forward to, um, yeah, kicking off the inaugural Arrowtown Backyard Ultra in uh, November. Yep. So people can still sign up? Uh, we're sold out now. So Are you? Yeah. Wow. Entries Fantastic. just flew out the door. So, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, stoked for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're limited to 150 people with, uh, with resource consent. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, entries are sold a, out. You got a wait list? Uh, yeah, so people can always jump on the wait list. So, um, yeah, if they're keen, they should do that. Um, yeah. You know, people always withdraw from these races. You know, life yeah. gets in the way. Injuries. Yeah. Like yeah. Cellulitis or something. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the course... I mean, the description of it and, and from what I've seen of photos and stuff, it sounds amazing. Oh, the course was incredible. Um, it's the course I would want to run. Um, it's the course that uh, when I'm running things like uh, Naseby, um, hitting some of those steep inclines, those 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 pinch hills. Yeah, there's some little pinches, with it? I know, they're crazy, right? <laughs> I, I thought Naseby was flat. I, Same. Um, <laughs> What was wrong with me? I had a little look at the elevation profile, um, but I thought, oh, you know, water race, usually it's, you know, nice. Gentle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it, so it beats you down, doesn't it, after a few yeah. minutes? And yeah. um, so yeah. at times like that, I was thinking, oh, far out. Yeah, like, so the course we put on for Arrowtown, you know, elevation is only like a good solid 50 metres. Um, you know, there, there's hills in there, but you'd walk the hills and then otherwise the track is, um, yeah, just hard-packed gravel on the um, Arrow River Trail. And then we also have a bunch of um, single uh, trail through the bush, which is, yeah, just an absolute dream to run on also. So, um, mm. yeah, I, I think people absolutely love it. Mm, mm. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, Arrowtown's becoming sort of, well, some say it already is, uh, a real trail running mecca, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, we're um, kicking off our race in November and then the wild kicks off in December. Um, mm. So, yeah, certainly the all trail, down trail network's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, well, look, I'll let you get back and you probably need to put your feet up or something or take some more drugs or something, but... Um, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. Congratulations on an astonishing, astonishing um, physical and mental feat at the weekend, and um, good luck with uh, the twenty-four. Uh, sorry, the the, the the backyard. Yeah, cheers. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, appreciate everything you guys are doing. So, um, yeah, it's, um, certainly, yeah, listen to all your shows, and um, yeah, it was a little disappointing when it dropped down to once a fortnight, actually. Oh, sorry. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Cool. Here we have it. Yeah. Naseby. It's done so and cool. done. Done and done. So great that, I mean, I've gutted to not be there. Um, and, you know, I, I know that I hope, oh, from me and from all of us, I hope you feel better soon, bro, and, you know, live to fight another day. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for all the training that we did together. It really fueled me physically and mentally um, out there. And I thought often of our many, many hours <laughs> together on the gravel. Rashing me. But, um, <laughs> rubbish, rubbish. <laughs> and, and I can't wait to see you smash it at Blue Lake. But yeah. Well, that, that rem- that's, that's something I'm actually, I was going to say something self deprecating, like that remains to be seen, but it's actually something no. I'm really looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, and uh, I woke up this morning, 
I don't know what it was about this morning, but I woke up this morning and I got that sense of like you were talking about the other day. It's time to get this uh, yep. time to go. Like, yep. Time to get this done. So mm. yeah, thank you, bro. That the training was awesome. And and also Segwaying, thank you all very much for tuning in to Dirt Church Radio. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. And you can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, like and follow if you fancy, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget to send in your greatest run ever. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can read them on the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com, and then send them in to us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Oh, by the way, plenty of people did say g'day and how much they enjoy DCR, but no one was silly enough to say, I'll send in my greatest run ever. Fantastic. <laughs> They're learning. Hey, look, thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster, Currents, Ultra Spire, and Sealy. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. Stay tuned for our show in two weeks when we have another great guest lined up. Hey, Kornay. Hey, Kornay. Thanks, Rigby.